This is episode 493 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. Today's article, How to Turn Your Car into the Ultimate Prepper Vehicle. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version, with some commentary, of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey everyone, this episode is sponsored by Audible. Now, Audible Books allows you to listen to the best books when you are on the go. I love to listen to podcasts and audiobooks while I stay busy doing other things. And just like my podcast app, Audible's app makes it really easy to manage your audiobooks and pick up where you left off. Now, right now, they are offering five free audiobook downloads when you join Audible for a trial period. Now, I got to tell you, that is an awesome offer. So if you have been on the sidelines, don't delay and take advantage of this offer. For more information, click the link in the show notes or go to theprepperwebsitepodcast.com forward slash audible. All right, I do want to send a quick shout out to one pretty lady. Uh, She left an a review on iTunes, a five-star review, and she said, I get so much great information from Todd's podcast. I do a lot of driving and can learn on the road and then put it into practice when I'm home. I would say that 98% of his topics are relevant and of great interest to me as I work to get and keep myself prepared for whatever comes my way. Well, One Pretty Lady, thank you so much for that review and that five-star review. Hey guys, if you find value in the podcast, I do appreciate your reviews that you leave on iTunes, Stitcher, or any other podcast network um, is just uh, a great encouragement to me. And then it also helps other people that are thinking about, you know, downloading podcast episodes and and checking it out maybe for the very first time. So uh, again, thank you so much for doing that. So let's go ahead and jump into our article of the podcast. It comes to us from theprepperjournal.com. The article is entitled, How to Turn Your Car into the Ultimate Prepper Vehicle. Now, I don't know if that is the best title. I think a better title would be uh, what to look for in your next prepper vehicle. But I'll let you be the judge. Let's go ahead and jump into this and uh, start reading. In many survival situations, your vehicle may be one of your most valuable tools if you've prepared it to be. In scenarios in which driving is possible and advisable, your car may be able to help you get to your bug out location quickly and safely. Again, depending on the general panic, the Golden Horde, road conditions, and capacity. We have looked at the Golden Horde in the past, so for this post, we will concern ourselves with the vehicle preps. You might have the ability to purchase a vehicle with the intention of making it your bug-out vehicle. You might also have to work with the vehicle you have, whether it's a car, SUV, truck, or cargo van. No matter what your situation is, here's how to turn your ride into the ultimate prepper vehicle. So qualities of a bug out vehicle. You need different things out of a vehicle in a survival scenario than you do in everyday life. If you're buying something new or used, look for the following characteristics. If you're modifying something you already have, make improving or compensating for these qualities your goal. The ideal prepper vehicle is fuel efficient. You want to be able to drive as far as you can on as little fuel as possible. You don't want anything to force you to stop driving, and fuel may be hard to find. Rugged. 
You want a vehicle you can drive over a variety of terrains. Four-wheel drive is essential. Spacious. You have to balance this with fuel efficiency, but you need to make sure you have room for all the people and supplies you'll have with you. Creative organization can help you fit more stuff in smaller spaces. You want it to be reliable. A vehicle that breaks down frequently will slow you down and waste precious time and resources. You want it to be easy to fix and maintain. Some cars are easier to repair while others require more work. It's easy to find replacement parts for some cars while others require rarer, more specialized parts. Choose the former. Inconspicuous. In some survival scenarios, it's best to have a vehicle that blends in relatively well. You don't always want to advertise to everyone that you have resources they might want to steal. And affordable. Ideally, you want a vehicle that has the features you need but won't cost you a fortune to buy, fix, and maintain. You might also want a vehicle with fewer or simpler electronics. The electronics in many modern cars might not survive an electromagnetic pulse or an EMP. An EMP attack could render a vehicle that relies on complicated electronics useless. Older vehicles, as well as modern ones that have simpler or EMP-hardened electronics, may be a better choice for this reason. You should also consider whether you want a gas or diesel vehicle. While gas may be easier to find over the short term, you can make DIY biodiesel. So you could potentially run a diesel vehicle indefinitely. So let's look at types of vehicles. Some vehicles are naturally better suited to survival situations than others. But with some work, you can make anything into a decent bug out vehicle. Here are the benefits and downside of some common types of vehicles and tips on how to transform each into the perfect prepper ride. So a car. Your typical small to medium car isn't the ultimate bug out vehicle. With the right preparation though, many can do what you need them to do. Plus, the supplies and equipment you bring and your skills behind the wheel make a huge difference. Because of the small size of most cars, you can't bring a lot of supplies, so you have to prioritize. You can also add some extra space with the cargo carrier that you attach to the roof of your automobile. Although you give up cargo space, you gain the advantage of fuel efficiency. Most don't do great off-road either, but you can find relatively compact all-wheel drive vehicles. So what about an SUV? Many sports utility vehicles or SUVs make excellent bug out vehicles because they drive well off-road, have lots of cargo space, and are inconspicuous. They're typically four-wheel drive and relatively fuel efficient for their size. The Jeep Wrangler makes an excellent prepper vehicle if you're getting out of Dodge on your own or in a small group. They have less storage than other vehicles in this category, but have the benefit of being extremely rugged. You can hitch a trailer to the back, but that makes it hard to cover rough terrain. If you're traveling in a larger group or with more supplies, you may want to choose a larger SUV like the Ford Expedition, Chevy Tahoe, or a Toyota Land Cruiser. So what about a truck? Trucks are similar to SUVs as far as bugging out goes, but they tend to emphasize ruggedness and hauling power more than cab space. Now, while you can find some trucks with a lot of seats, this isn't the focus for most models. They do, however, have tons of space for cargo. 
You can also easily add roof racks or haul trailers. If you want a tough vehicle with lots of room for cargo but aren't traveling with a large group, a truck may be an ideal choice. And then there's a cargo van. If you want the maximum amount of space for people and supplies while remaining relatively mobile, a cargo van may be your best option. While they're typically not quite as rugged and can't drive on rough terrain as well as SUVs and trucks, you get an incredible amount of space. With a cargo van, you can use van shelving to keep your supplies organized and maximize your storage space. If you take out some seats, there's also plenty of room to lie down and sleep in a van comfortably or set up temporary living quarters. Now, of course, having a vehicle won't do you much good if you don't have the supplies you need to survive. You should bring your bug out bag, complete with food, water, tools, and medical supplies with you. It will be crucial if you have to abandon your vehicle for any reason. You'll also want to keep some supplies in your car so you're ready to go anytime. No matter what type of vehicle you're using, you should have some basic equipment for fixing and operating it, including a portable jump starter, tire sealant to fix flats, a seatbelt cutter, and a windshield hammer. You may also want some spare fuel and a tow rope. It would also be wise to keep some water and food, a sleeping bag, a first aid kit, a flashlight, a pocket knife, and other basic tools, a CB radio, and other emergency supplies in your vehicle at all times. If you have a smaller car, you'll have to prioritize space. With a larger vehicle, you can fit more. No matter what type of ride you have, you can transform it into a bug out vehicle that'll serve you well in all sorts of emergency scenarios. Just consider the qualities of your vehicle, enhance them and compensate them for as best you can, and adjust your plan according to the resources you have available to you. And remember, while the equipment you have is valuable, your knowledge, skills, and attitude are even more crucial. All right, so let me follow up on some of these, uh, just some of some ideas here. You know, when I start reading about this topic, I always go back to the book that I read by uh, Fernando Aguirre of, uh, or Furfall, who wrote about the economic collapse in Argentina. Now, there was that was a, a collapse. I mean, Argentina had collapsed. It was bad, but it wasn't like the end of the world as we know it. I mean, things were still going on. So one of the things that he talked about is his vehicles were diversified. They were like dual fuel. And so one was like gas and diesel, and the other one was like gas and I want to say propane or something like something along those lines, right? It's not something you typically find in in the United States. But one of the things that he always said that all that um, that I always remember was that it was very beneficial to have a four by four. Now I can't remember it was a small four by four, like a small SUV, and I can't remember the exact vehicle that he had, but it would be like a, a small one of the small Toyotas or. If you can remember back in the day, the Samurai Suzuki's, I know I'm kind of going back to the 90s there, but they were like small little, you know, Jeep-like vehicles that had four by four. And so what he, what he had said that that was very beneficial because there would be, there people would come out to the street to get you to stop and then they would rob you or, or, uh, you know, pull a gun on you or take your, uh, you know, take your vehicle and different things like that. So you needed to be able to get around stuff like that. If people came and, and, and stopped in the middle of the road and he talked about 
there was incidents where he kind of went off-road to be able to go around people or to get away from people. And that was very beneficial to have a four-wheel drive that was just had, you know, the 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 tires that had the ability to to go off-road when it needed to. A lot of the times they have a sturdier frame and they're able to do that. So, uh, you know, I always go back to that. And then the dual fuel thing was was uh, very beneficial as well because there was times where you could find you can easily find fuel you know gas and then other times where it was easier to find diesel and then that way you know you could you had options you weren't kind of just stuck with one fuel type there so uh, you know I always go back to that I'm partial to a truck and uh, I just I like my vehicle my truck and I know that they talked about space here in this article. But back in the day when I was looking at newer trucks, um, I was trying to compare. Now, I don't know if this is the way it is uh, all over the United States, but here in Texas, for whatever reason, it's very difficult to find a single cab truck. And so when I was looking at trucks, I was looking at, of course, the the extended, uh, well, not necessarily the extended, the dual cab, right? So a four-door truck, um, because I, I have a family and I'm, there's always probably going to be people riding with me. And so I needed that extra space, not just in an extended cab, cab but a dual cab. Uh, and so, you know, I was wanting to compare that, uh, the amount of one of those to a single cab and then the space and all of that. And it was just very hard to find those. Uh, you know, some of the salespeople are like, we just don't carry those. I mean, those are like for truck fleets and, and different things like that. You know, people don't want to buy those here. And so I don't know if that's that's the case where you're at. But really, you know, the four door truck is really the best of, of both worlds. As far as I'm concerned, it's, uh, you know, it's a little bit more heavy duty as far as uh, you know, in the frame, and of course, you can you can go up to any type of uh, weight class when it comes to when it comes to trucks. But uh, you have you know you have that that space, and then you also have uh, the the cargo bed, right? The truck bed where you can put all kinds of stuff. So um, I'm kind of partial to that uh, to that thing. But you know, one thing to think about here: if you are a family, and let's say you do bug out. If you are bugging out, more than likely, you're not just taking one vehicle. And so think, th- just think about this for a second. If you have a family and maybe you have two or three vehicles and you're bugging out, you are going to load up those vehicles and you're going to go. So one of the things to consider is if we are halfway to our bug out location, right? And when you bug out, you are bugging out to a certain location. You know, you, you have that in mind already. And if you are not, then you're evacuating, right? So keep this scenario in mind. If you are bugging out and let's say one of the vehicles breaks down, what do you, how do you choose what to transfer over into the other vehicles that are working and which ones, you know, would, uh, you know, would take you to your bug out location? So for instance, let's say you have car number one. Uh, or, you know, vehicle number one and vehicle number one is a four by four, uh, four wheel drive has, you know, it has everything you want, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff has a lot of cargo space. Maybe it's a truck. All right. And then you have maybe another, a smaller car and maybe um, another car or whatever. So could it be that you load all the most important stuff into that first vehicle that is 
uh, it has a four wheel drive that you know that can make it you know to where it needs to to go if it needs to go off road or or whatever maybe it's newer and it won't break down on you and and it maybe has a bigger gas tank and all that kind of stuff so do you put the most important things there the most valuable things there so if one of the vehicles breaks down so all you're doing is you know someone's leaving that vehicle and getting into the to the vehicle that's working and then you go on from there and you you kind of abandoning the other vehicle and just leaving it on the side of the road and so think about that just for a second you know how would you do that if you were in a true bug out scenario you wouldn't want to pull over to the side of the road and start rearranging everything and saying okay well we can leave this here on the side of the road and we need to pack this and and all those types of things i mean that's something that maybe you haven't considered before and that might be something something good I like the ideas of having different supplies in your vehicle. I think that's always good. Um, you know, I have a little little toolkit that, um, or a little, it's like a little bag, right? That uh, I can't remember if I got it from Harbor Freight or Home Depot is one of those. You know, it was a uh, on sale, and I purchased that, and I put some supplies in there. So I have some fix a flat. I have some uh, some wrench. You know, some you know, tools and wrenches and, and, and screwdrivers and different things like that, that were on sale. And I, you know, just, I just made, you know, a little set for every vehicle that we have. And so it's underneath a, a, a car and, or under, underneath the car, underneath the seat or, you know, in the, in the back. And uh, so it's there and it's available. It's out of sight, right? So that people won't look in there and think it's something, something big. Just recently on one of the Facebook groups on the, the local community groups uh, in my area, someone was really upset because they went into uh, to a store and they came out and their vehicle, their window was broken and all that they left there was uh, the diaper bag for the baby. That's all it was. And so they stole the diaper bag. But the thing is, is that if it looks like a backpack or if it looks like something valuable, people are going to, in desperate times, people are going to break in and want to get that, whatever that might be. They don't know that it's just a diaper bag uh, when they're looking into the vehicle. So it's always good to hide whatever you have and not leave, even if you're going in for dinner, right? It, I think it was something silly like that. They went in for dinner or they went into a store. It wasn't very, very long at all. Actually, I think it was rest, a restaurant. They went in for a re to the restaurant and when they came out, this happened. I mean, they were in there maybe an hour, right? And so now they got to deal with the hassle of getting the vehicle fixed and then, you know, replacing the diaper bag and the diapers and all that kind of stuff and formula and who, who knows all that stuff that was in there. So it's always smart that if you have something in your vehicle like that, you're hiding it, you're putting it in the trunk, you're putting it underneath a, a, a seat, you're, you know, you're hiding it in some way. So I always think that's great in a in a bigger vehicle like in my truck. I do have like a tow chain that I did uh, buy on sale, so I do have that. I have an air compressor, 12 volt air compressor. Uh, there jumper cables. You know, one of the things uh, that I also have that I like to carry around are those new batteries. I mean, I was talking about this with the the other day with someone. You have these batteries that you can basically hold in your hand. And they come with jumper cables you connect to it and it will jump start your vehicle. And it is the most amazing thing because you think you need this big old battery connected to a car to jump a vehicle, but it, you don't. It's just this handheld battery. It is, it is the crazy, I mean, technology has just 
really just gone really far out there and it's just amazing what you can do and so uh, i have used it because if i wouldn't have seen it work i would not have believed it but i i saw it work i was there and i'm like man this is so, so cool i'm gonna buy one and then since then i've been able to do reviews for uh for another brand as well i think everybody should have one of those but this leads me to my other point here is you have to be careful what you leave in your vehicle and not necessarily because it can get stolen, but because of the temperature changes. Now, those of you that are in more moderate climates and you have a more moderate, you don't have big, big temperature changes, you know, throughout the year, I mean, you, you're good. But those of you that you know up way up north and you're getting blizzards and you have snow on the ground for a long time, you know, guys, I feel terrible for you guys. Um, I, there is a, a person that I work with that uh, lives in Ohio and they sent me a picture and there were, you know, like 11 inches of snow or something like that, uh, just, you know, in one day or, or two days or whatever. And I'm like, I sent back a picture of my, uh, my temperature in my truck and it was like 67 degrees. And I'm like, you know, it, it doesn't even feel like winter down here at all. So it's really crazy. But when you go through those really like the frozen temperatures, something like that battery that I was that I was uh, talking about, you can't put that you can't leave that in your vehicle. So you can't leave that underneath the seat because it'll damage it. And then the you know, just it's the same thing with the heat here in uh, in Texas or in Houston. I can't leave certain things like when people talk about, you know, leave water, food and water in your vehicle. I can't do that because uh, in any given day, my my truck can get up to 120 plus degrees very, very easily. And so when I looked up, I actually uh, contacted the manufacturer on those batteries and I'm like, hey, what you know, to what temperature can I leave it? And uh, yeah, so it wasn't recommended to leave it in like Houston, Texas heat and also really cold temperatures as well. So one of the things that I would recommend is that you have your supplies that you keep in your vehicle, you know, all the time. Like if you're up north, you are going to have stuff that if you break down, uh, you can keep yourself warm and you're going to have, you know, all that kind of stuff, right? But then you have something more modular, right, that you are able to take with you. A smaller bag that you're just able to just carry in maybe into the office, maybe into a store, wherever you're going. Or maybe you just throw it into your vehicle when you're out and about and then take it back out with you. Maybe you don't carry it around in the, in the grocery store or whatever. But what I'm trying to say is that this is a more, uh, it's a modular kit. It's a smaller kit. And it would have stuff that, that could uh, go bad in extreme temperatures. So, for instance, that battery or water or food, you know, those types of things that you might not want to leave in a vehicle. Maybe like a candle because in extreme heat, a candle would melt and get wax all over the place. You know, I'm just throwing things out there, you know, just ideas of it doesn't have to be a very big kit. It doesn't have to be a bug out kit or or anything, or a bug out bag or anything like that. It can be something very small that you just carry with you that would hold, you know, those things that can perish in extreme temperatures. Now, there's a lot of other topics and or a lot of other things to consider when you're when you're looking at your vehicle. And uh, remember that you need to do things that are beneficial for your situation and your scenario. 
a lot of the times in preparedness, a one size does not fit all. I mean, there are some things that are like, hey, everybody should have this, right? Like water filters and, and, and stored food and different things like that. But when it comes to a vehicle, you know, and the way that you prepare that vehicle is going to look a little bit different for everybody. Someone who is older, who is just, you know, husband and wife is going to be a lot different and, and they're gonna, their needs are going to be a lot different. And maybe they're not planning on bugging out. It's going to be a lot different than a family, a family of four or a family of six who, you know, they, they need a lot of room. They need a van and then they need to be able to store all the things that they need to put in there. So, uh, you know, remember that it's going to be dependent on your needs and what your plans are. Now, you should always have, even if you're bugging in, we've talked about this before in the past, even if you're bugging in, you should consider like, what if you had to bug out? And, you know, you might not, that might not be on your radar at all, but I bring up Harvey, right? Hurricane Harvey, where the people might have said, "Hey, I'm never bugging. Out. I'm never bugging out. I'm going to bug in," and then their house flooded, and they had to leave, right? So you never know what situation you might find yourself in. So you need to have that Plan B or Plan C, Plan D, you know, and 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 on and on of of what you would do. So it's something to put a little bit of thought into, and then you know if you are someone who is in a vehicle all the time, then you want to put a little bit of thought into that as well and, and how you handle that. I know that there's some places where people just don't even, even own vehicles because they take public transportation, you know, in the big cities, wherever, wherever you're going, you don't, you don't need, uh, you don't need a vehicle. And so you can take public transportation or walk or maybe even use a bicycle and you're good with that. So this topic is, isn't even relevant uh, as far as that goes. But something that, uh, you know, if you something that you need to put a little bit of thought into, especially if you spend a lot of time in your vehicle and, you know, you want to make sure that it is set up the way that you need it for your needs. Well, everyone, like always, I'm going to link to this article in the show notes. It comes to us from theprepperjournal.com. Again, the article was how to turn your car into the ultimate prepper vehicle. Hey, that's it for episode 493. Hey, don't forget, if you are listening to this podcast and you are not subscribed, you can head on over to theprepperwebsitepodcast.com and check out all the podcast networks that we are on. iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, uh, we're on all of them, right? And so you can connect your podcast catcher to that podcast network and you can download the Prepper Website Podcast, so that that way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. Hey, and don't forget to take a moment to connect with me. I have a ton of ways to connect in the show notes. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government, grid, or the grind. Until tomorrow, stay prepped and aware. Peace.